Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. When I crossed the line, I didn't know that I was world champion. There was a lot of confusion, but I thought it was quite funny. Those are the words of Max Verstappen. At the Japanese Grand Prix, the 25-year-old Dutchman who won his second world championship with a dominant performance in the wet wasn't just about that race though his 32nd gp win in which he excelled he's won 12 grand prix this year in the sprints in italy and austria but saying all that why didn't the world know he was the champion when he crossed the line why were the teams unsure of when the last lap was and why that robbed formula one of an important moment let's get up to speed with motorsport.com's jonathan noble hey john welcome back to the podcast thank you very much so when a driver crosses the line to become world champion, that is the clip. That is, you know, media calls it the cut. That's the bit the, that that 10 seconds goes around the world on the nightly primetime news. It does Formula One a lot of favours. One of my favourites uh, that I'll always remember smiling about is Jensen Button singing We Are The Champions very badly in Brazil because it was just a moment of joy. What are some of yours over the years of those moments of crowning a champion? Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's the emotion of 
drivers and teams when they they finally achieve achieve it you can go through all the, the process and the, the stress of world championship finale but I think as we particularly maybe most memorable Michael Schumacher when he finally won that first championship for Ferrari that the, the emotion and the the tears and the relief every, all, everything that's been built up and pent up over if it's years of effort or you know just an intense season finally gets released in this single moment which then becomes an iconic thing because in sport we love emotion it's what it's what drives us if people didn't care about winning didn't care about losing there'd be no fun in it so we we love these peaks we love the troughs and that that clinching of the championship those final moments where the drivers are alone in the car and it all comes out of you know always magical i think that max and indeed formula 1 were both robbed at the weekend of that moment because of a sequence of misunderstandings or you could say a comedy of errors let's start with the points system because there's a couple of parts to this let's understand the points that Max needed to win the World Championship. And if you could just run our listeners through what has traditionally happened, and what I mean is before last year, in terms of shortened races in Formula One and awarding points. You know, it's long been accepted in Formula One that if races are stopped or don't reach full distance, then only a certain number of points are handed out. 75% distance would, would be full points. If you got to half distance, would be half points, etc., sat around in Formula 1 for, for decades about a problem. Then we had Spa last year, a race that wasn't a race. They had a, a few laps behind the safety car. The results were declared according to the, the formula. Not full points were handed out, but it caused such angst that you know a few laps behind the safety car was enough for Max Verstappen to be given world championship points that could have decided the championship in the end. But this then triggered a meetings between teams and the FIA to ensure that this this didn't happen in the future and they came up with a system and a structure and revised regulations which were supposed to stop this happening and the formula was quite simple you had to complete a certain distance this is the intention of the rules complete a certain distance to get points so if you completed you had to do a minimum of two racing laps so safety car if we had another spa it would be zero points because none of those are racing laps if you did 25% distance not 50% if you won, you got, you'd get 13 points. So if you completed 50%, but less than 75%, it'd be 19 points. And above 75% uh, would be full points. So this was the system that everyone put in place. It was presented by the FIA last December to be in relation to treatment of short races, basically. Except what was intended, in the end, wasn't exactly what was written down in the regulations. And then specifically in Japan... When the race was red flagged after having started as a normal standing start, and again, we get into Japan because it's afternoon their time and it's a daylight issue as well. But regardless of that, like I say, it's a sequence of events and it's a bit of a jigsaw to put together. When a Formula One race starts, can you explain to the audience what happens in terms of time windows and this sort of ties into things like how much broadcast time is available and when the race must be done by so that we're not sitting around for you know five six seven hours waiting to resume a race there's sort of a two-hour window and a three-hour window in japan yes once the once the race starts the race can have a maximum time length of two hours so once once the race gets underway you get to two hours and then the the race effectively ends the driver gets another lap checkered flag We've had it a few times. You don't get it very often in Formula 1. Sometimes you get it in Monaco, the slower races. But that's, that's been accepted and never been a particular problem. But because of the you know increased demands of television audiences and 
the problems we've had in the, the past of that famous Canadian Grand Prix that went on for four, four and a bit hours, I think it was. The team's opposed a three-hour window, basically. So it means from the when the race starts, there's then three hours to get the event done. So if you have a you get one lap done, then it's red flagged. You lose an hour, an hour and a half. It can't go any longer than three hours. So the TV companies know there's a three-hour window here. This is the when the race will be finished by. We're all sorted. Don't believe we've hit that three-hour window before. There's some debate. We're still we're still trying to review and look back at Monaco this year to work out if it was a a two-hour race or a three-hour race because I think it it's one of those that came together because we had a bit of a bit of a rain delay. But Japan, because there's lengthy delay because there's only 40 minutes from the the initial two laps they did to getting restarted. It was never going to run to full distance. It was never going to reach two hours. It was always going to be hemmed in by the the three-hour window. And that's exactly what happened this time. So we have two events colliding, a timed race and also the point situation. Actually, maybe we have three events colliding. We have points, we have timed race, we have a world championship. On the very last corner of the very last lap, there was a penalty that luckily was awarded or decided upon, I should say, very quickly. So, but let's focus on the race distance and the championship being on the line. But this this triggering of the three-hour thing was quite interesting as well because, and again, it comes down to the, the reading of the regulations because what's intended in the rules isn't necessarily how the rules ended up getting written and interpreted. Uh, and then this triggered more confusion as well because teams have been expecting it, a three-hour treatment of the end of a race to mirror what happens with a two-hour treatment of a race where your two hours comes up when the leader then takes the start-finish line after the two hours, that's his start of his final lap, does his final lap, race finishes. In Japan, we hit the three hours. Max Verstappen was on a lap, came around, took the chequered flag. So there wasn't this extra lap, which triggered an awful lot of confusion. Max kept pushing on, I think got as far as the, the Degna curves before the team started querying about if the race was done. Because Max was pushing on, the drivers behind us started pushing on. Uh, and I think it was just widespread confusion about what was going on and stuff. I think the teams quickly realised that, as we've had many times in the past, once a checker flags out, even if it's on the wrong lap, the race is finished, so they didn't need to carry on. Go back and look at the regulations. The three-hour treatment doesn't have the stipulated extra lap that the two-hour treatment does. Not confusing at all. Uh, Not confusing (laughs) at all. Thanks, Formula One. So, two-hour race or two-hour window, the clock is ticking down, it gets to zero... Max Verstappen passes the start-finish line. That's his last lap. But on a three-hour race, the clock gets to zero. The checkered flag comes out, and he passes the line with either a minute and a half to go or or a second to go. It doesn't matter. The checkered flag is out. What did Red Bull initially tell him to do over the radio when he passed the checkered flag? Yeah, I think this this comes back to the slight confusion between everyone because we hadn't had this this three hour treatment come through before. You know, Red Bull had been hemmed in by there was been some debate about whether they need, could go for fastest lap or not to give Max the points he needed to, but they'd got confused by the point system, so weren't sure about what to do. And the worst thing you you can do in that scenario is if go across go across the line, back off thinking the race is won, and then your rivals come flying past you and you, you end up losing the race. So they told him to push on for a bit. Then they were confident enough that the race had been done. But there was this cascade effect further back of a drivers pushing on, saying, why Why is this car ahead still pushing on? And they weren't sure if the cars behind would push on. So it wasn't wasn't a, a clear situation because it was a, a unique circumstance. 
especially if you are in battle, for instance, Sebastian Vettel and uh, Fernando Alonso crossing the line, not quite a dead heat, but uh, what was it, 11 thousandth of a second or something? Or, yeah, tiny, um, tiny margin. Y- you know, you're not going to back off just in case if you're in, in battle. But what are the risks to do with that? Because as we see in you know many forms of motorsport, when the chequered flag comes out, the, you know, the hard work of the marshals often rewarded. They're allowed onto the track to stand quite close and to, you know, wave all of the flags of all all different colours and the drivers give them a wave. So there are actually some some risks involved in not knowing when a motor race has ended. Yeah, absolutely. It's not it's not an ideal scenario for for anyone. So if you're driver in the car itself and you're pushing on and other cars think the race is over and have backed off, you've got, you know, an increased chance of collision. Um, if you're a track worker you could think that the race was done and and be behaving in in a manner when cars are still pushing around flat out so i think it was i think it was just these unique circumstances of just lots of factors coming together to create this this perfect storm of end of race chaos uh and this three-hour window just just amplified it because this is the first time the rules had been tested and i think you know, as often happens, and we see it in technical regulations, for example, the FIA can often put rules in place, teams can interpret it in a completely different way, and that interpretation has to be accepted. And just as these sporting regulations, you can put a put a rule in place with the firm intention, like the point situation of this is how shortened races should be dealt with, but that's not what the wording of the rule said. Even the FIs had to interpret interpret things and push on. And it can only on the day it can only base its decisions based on what the regulations say. It can't base them on what was the intent of the regulations when they were written. All right, John, we'll hang on there. When we come back after a quick break, we'll try and answer the question about what Formula One could have done differently to help the fans understand what was happening. Back in a sec. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, back to the podcast with John. So help me out here, though. The teams, or certain members of the teams, on working groups, often very senior and very, very established members of the Formula One community, work on these regulations. So then it's not dictated by... Formula One's governing body, the FIA, and handed down from on high. This is a collaborative process. So how did all of the Formula One teams, some of which actually worked on writing the words of these regulations, still misinterpret it? I don't think it was, I don't think it was misinterpreted. I think it, think it was maybe not double-checked and triple-checked and foolproofed when they came up. They, they got so focused on what happened at Belgium, so focused on coming out of a system to ensure you know points were handed out better uh, in the event of stoppages 
and we hadn't had a scenario of hitting this three-hour window with a really shortened race before. We'd had two-hour races that had been timed out, but if you get to two hours, it's, it's inevitably gone past three-quarters race distance anyway, so it hadn't been an issue. So this is the first time I had the circumstances of a race that's been started, massive, massive delay, then run to a much shorter distance. And then we came across, and then it was only rereading the regulations, a clause that's been in there for way more than five years, but potentially even longer, that said this this regulation only kicks in if races have been stopped and cannot be resumed. It was not in relation to if the race ends without this, this distance being sorted. So often with rules, though, this, is, this happens so often in Formula 1 that some innocent wording will appear, it gets challenged by circumstance that no one had foreseen, uh, then it gets tidied up. And we move on. So the race was 28 laps, just over 50%, but well short of 75%. And as you've just said, the key phrase in the regulation was a race that is suspended and not resumed. Now that we've seen this, do you think that there will be this winter, when there's a bit more time, do you think there might be a rewriting or a clarification of this rule? Because what circumstance does it, open up i mean could a could a race be two laps long if they start a race have to stop it wait two hours and 50 minutes or whatever almost the three hour window get the race going again we could get a two or three lap race and full points get awarded that seems wrong albeit massively unlikely are they going to have a look at these words again in the rules i think it may go beyond just these words because i think you have to rewind and go back that we'd come into a, a new rules era this year and the original intention was to have a, a complete start afresh of all the regulations so we'd have financial regulations for the cost cap brand new technical regulations for the, the this, this ground effect era brand new and the aim originally was to have brand new sporting regulations to be clearer get rid of any uncertainty tidy things up get better processes and, and we can all move on but amid you know problems triggered by covid you know wider issues in nailing down the financial regulations it was felt too complicated and there was enough time to sort out the all new sporting regulations so what was done as an interim was to carry over the 22 regulations and revise them and update them and as we go on so this this in effect is what happened so rather than it being new sporting regulations they're actually updated and revised 22 sporting regulations so I think some elements that maybe teams maybe would would have picked up with brand new regulations just got carried forward just because it's it's way it's been done in the past the dishing out of points for races that were suspended and cannot be resumed was a carryover from the past so had had we had the 23 regulations done from scratch it may well not have been that case it may have been worded differently but because a lot of a lot of times and we see this in race event notes that you know the famous control c control v carry things forward it's a very easy thing to do just carry carry regulations forward then once they're in stone this is what they have to deal with and it's a bit like the um if you go back to the monaco grand prix perez and sergio perez and max verstappen touching that pit lane line and going the other side of it this was a, a tiny word change in the international sporting code was made just to tidy things up but it inadvertently offered a fresh interpretation of what crossing a line meant. And on the day, the FI can only accept the words as they are on that day. So I think there's a lot of tidying up to do. I think just as they need to tidy up that pit lane line, because it was never intended for drivers to go the other side of the pit lane line, they also need to tidy up things like these points structure, 
like the three-hour time limit, just to get rid of these ambiguities uh, and go through it. So there's no excuse if it's not done this winter. Well, let's finish off by coming back full circle, really, to my original point, which I think Formula One was denied the moment. I'm pretty sure when you look at previous years, there would have been a plan when Max wins the world championship for perhaps him not to come back into Parc Ferme traditional, uh, but maybe to go back to you know start finish line on his own. As we've seen drivers doing donuts, waving to the crowd, that elation. Admittedly, you know teams with a you know limited power unit supply might not necessarily want that on the gearbox, but still the fireworks display. How did? it play out post-race in terms of the FAA delegates and getting that information to... It was Johnny Herbert who was interviewing at, at the end. And and again, that confusion that played out in front of the world to see. Shambolically, I think. I think... <laughs> I mean, I, sure, it was difficult circumstances and, you know, we had this bizarre scenario of Leclerc's penalty being handed out and then that, in effect, deciding the World Championship. But I think the mistake that was made was the FIA not being clear to the maybe commentators and to the media and to the public that this is how the rules stack out and play out. And I think, you know, FOM also didn't do that because when Johnny Herbert said, oh, Leclerc's penalty has handed Max a championship, half the world was going, well, no, it hasn't because surely this is 19 points, not 25 points, and it's, it's not enough. As much as the, the rules were at fault, I think equally more should have been done to inform the public, inform the media, inform the fans, inform the teams this is what the interpretation is because I think it's pretty unacceptable to have a a sport where you know sure this this is how the FI interprets the rules but that should have been clear during the race should have been everyone should have known exactly what was happening so when Leclerc's penalty was handed out everyone knew what it was and it it made the moment special rather than someone in an FI office saying no this is how the the rules play out he's now champion Johnny Herbert presenting it and half the world not really knowing what was going on. I saw a tweet from someone yesterday saying they've had gender reveals that were better staged than the uh, the F1 World Championship. And that is the crux of my argument here. Max will take it, no doubt. And there were big celebrations afterwards as well. But that one moment that goes around the world, I think we were robbed. Hey, as someone who has covered Formula One longer than most, you've been in and around the paddock uh, you know, for many years, and you know many of the figures involved, and you have a good close working relationship uh, with many people in, in Formula One. But in terms of how you as a journalist and your colleagues as well work with the governing body and with Formula One, is there any way that they can open up that communication with you? Because then... It's often your job, it's the job people like David Croft on the commentary and, and you know you write about it and interpret the sport for the rest of us fans. In rugby, we can hear the referees talking. Now in football, we get VAR, we can see that ourselves. Is there a, a quick fix almost or a way that you would like to move forward in terms of how that communication can be done better in the future? I think it boils down to, I think one of the, there's been growing frustration this year from I think the media and, and within the paddock about kind of lack of transparency and understanding of what's going on. The, the FIA after Abu Dhabi last year, you know, huge controversy. At the time, they, they then blamed it on the fans and media for not understanding the rules. They promised transparency. I think we got an investigation that didn't really offer all the all the answers that everyone wanted and there's still too many questions about what happened that day and the influences at play. And I think it's been a season where we haven't had, there's been frustrations about decisions made. There's been questions about, you know, aspects. You could look at the Monza safety car, you know, what what were the real reasons as to why that wasn't handled better? The Monaco pit lane line issue. 
the point situation on Sunday. I think, you know, it's inexcusable for a sport like Formula One, as you know, a major, major sporting event, as big as the World Cup, as big as the Olympics, to have a world championship decided and won and half the audience not knowing what's going on. It's a sport that had huge popularity growth over the last years. It's, it's booming. It's on, it's on the up. And it seems to be its biggest threat isn't other sports stealing the audience. Its biggest threat is potentially turning off the audience who are watching. Because if you, I mentioned it to my family, they talk about oh, what happened on Sunday. I said, oh, it was complete chaos because nobody knew what the point structure was. Even the world champion didn't know he'd won the championship. Can you imagine this happening in a, in a World Cup or what people were doing? You got to the, the Olympics and the 100 metre final and they got to the finish and then they say, oh, well, maybe we're going to change the, change the order and do it this way and we'll work out who won afterwards. It wouldn't, wouldn't be accepted. So I think, you know, the FIA and F1 need to look better at, you know, improving these communication lines, being more open, explaining things better, not to, you know, expose themselves and reveal secrets or stir up controversies and, you know, a he said, she said scenario, but just to better understand and explain things because it makes the sport better for everybody. That really does. And we uh, we get some closure. Uh, on the Sunday Night Podcast on uh, the, the Japanese review, we were joined by our Dutch colleague from motorsport.com in the Netherlands, uh, Erwin Jeggy. And I asked him, you know, will Max Verstappen have like a big, you know, the equivalent of an open top bus parade or a festival? Uh, and Alex Kalanorkis jumped in and, uh, and said, look, I'll be boring here. These results are all provisional until the big gala at the end of the year. And that maybe in essence is... Well, that's not just Formula One, that is motorsport, but it is different to, you, you know, a kind of a, a ball game where there's an end and a, and, a, and a closure. But that will rumble on, and that is uh, the highs and lows of, of loving this sport that we do. John, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. Make sure you follow John on Twitter, at NobleF1, and you can uh, read what he has to think about all these issues and a lot more as he continues to, uh, to write some brilliant stuff for us on motorsport.com and on autosport.com as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. You don't need a reason when the one and only hot and melty sausage McMuffin with egg is just two fifty. dollars Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. 
Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.